Well, amen. We are beginning a new spiritual journey today, and I want to camp out on that for just a moment. Uh, the title of the, the theme that we'll be looking at over the next number of weeks is You'll Get Through This. And uh, for those of you who are already familiar with what I'm talking about, it's based on a best-selling book by a man named Max Lucado. And what we will be doing is a study of Joseph in the Old Testament. And if you're familiar with Joseph in the Old Testament, you know that his life pretty much started out in the pits and it went, it went down from there. But throughout all of that process, we see in the scriptures that God was with him and uh, God loved him and God brought him through. And not only did God bring him through, he, uh, he blessed his life. Now, you may be going through something right now that has got you worried and fearful and upset and maybe even depressed. You might be overwhelmed. Uh, this message is for you. This, this series is for you. And as I was preparing this past week for this particular passage, I sense God's presence and I sense that God uh, has a blessing for so many people that are going through challenges right now. And um, we're going to start off with a passage, not from Joseph, it's from the uh, New Testament, but uh, this passage is to help us kind of set the scene for what uh, God wants to do in us and through us over these next few weeks. And um, the theme today is hitting the wall. Maybe you know what I'm talking about. Maybe there's something in your life, maybe there's something you're going through, you feel overwhelmed, you feel like you can't keep going, and it feels like you've just hit a wall. Well, that's what we're going to talk about this morning. So turn with me, if you would, in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. If you don't have a Bible with you, we'll forgive you this time. But we want you to have a Bible next week. And if you don't have a Bible, we want to get you a Bible. There's a handout in your bulletin. looks like this. The scriptures have been written out for you. And if you take that out, there's several words that we want you to write down to, uh, to help us understand what's going on. I don't know who our reader is today. It was Maureen Hall, but Nancy's going to read. Great. Okay, as our sister Nancy makes her way to the pulpit, if you're willing and able, would you please stand for the reading of the Word of God? We think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure, and we thought we would never live through it. In fact, we expected to die. But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely only on God, who raises the dead. And he did rescue us from mortal danger, and he will rescue us again. We have placed our confidence in him, and he will continue to rescue us. And you are helping us by praying for us. Then many people will give thanks because God has graciously answered so many prayers for our safety. Lord God, we praise you and thank you for those words. We thank you that in the crisis of life, you have not abandoned us. In the difficulties, in the challenges of life, you're with us, you love us, you care for us. You will get us through. But we need to be reminded of that, Lord. We need that comfort in our hearts. So as we begin this journey together, we pray that your blessing would be upon us. And we pray for this and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Thank you, Nancy. Hitting the wall. We we have a niece. Her name is Kelly. And she runs 
marathons. And I don't know if you're familiar with marathons or not, but they're 26.3-mile races. I have no idea why they tack on that additional three-tenths of a mile. There must be a reason for it, whatever it is. But I think it's to torture those who are running. And our niece Kelly has got a goal, and her goal is that she's going to run a marathon in all 50 states. Now, I can't imagine running one marathon. Uh, And and as I've heard her talk, and I've heard other uh, long-distance runners talk, they they speak of, I think it's somewhere around the 20-mile mark of a marathon, they talk about hitting the wall. And I was doing a little research on this this week, and a a guy gave a great picture. He said, when I got to that 20-mile mark, whatever it was, he said it was like an elephant jumped out of a tree, landed on my shoulders, and demanded I carry him the rest of the way. Now, what a great picture. An elephant on your shoulders demanding that you carry him the rest of the way. That's what it feels like. Now, doctors say that when runners hit that wall, they hit that point in the race, they're depleted of so many nutrients and so forth, and that's what it feels like. They're feeling like they're being crushed. Now, you might be going through something in your life right now where you feel like, I am getting crushed. You may be feeling uh, like you're going through something right now that I am completely overwhelmed. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I don't, I don't see any possible way through this. But hang in there. Because over these next few weeks, we're going to see in the Word of God, God cares for you deeply. He loves you. He's with you. He's going to see you through. And even though it feels like there's an elephant on your shoulders demanding you carry him the rest of the way, God's going to pick that elephant up and he's going to get you through it. So don't give up. In the story that Nancy just read to us is a portion of a, of a bigger story. It's a story of the great apostle Paul, of all people. And he was going through deep, profound challenges in his life. As we think about the words that he's written to the churches throughout Asia Minor, What God wants us to see is that there's encouragement in what he's written. Encouragement for what Paul went through, and there's encouragement for what you are going through, maybe what you've been through, or maybe something that's coming down the road. Whatever it is, God is with you, and he's going to see you through no matter what it is. So a little bit that I want you to do this morning, a little bit, a few words I want you to write down, and we're going to begin by understanding that whatever it is that we're going through or might go through or have been through, we want to be reminded in this passage that God, listen to this now, God is in control. God is in control. Now, as you write that word down, I want to remind you that you see on the screen a great passage that the Apostle Paul himself wrote from Romans chapter 8. Theologians tell us this, is a, a, this passage is about the, what they call the providence of God, and what it means is God is sovereign, he's in control, and here's what he says. And God works all things together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Now, what it means is that no matter what we're going through, God is not only with us and going through us with it, he's going to take all the difficulties, all the challenges, all the the stresses and crises and strains of life, and he's going to turn it into something good. Now, we can't see it at the time. We get depressed at the time. But this is the truth of the word of God, and this is what God calls us to trust in. That's why the scripture says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways, and he will make straight your paths. Now, we see that beautifully in this passage, and it's really quite a striking and amazing passage, particularly in verse 8, because let me remind you what Paul says. We think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. Now listen to this. 
Listen to the emotions, the feelings that Paul is writing down. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. And we thought we would never live through it. Crushed, overwhelmed, beyond our ability. We didn't think we were going to make it through it. Now, some have have commented on this passage, and they've said that these words that the Apostle Paul is writing down is a man that's on the verge of a nervous breakdown. Now, when when you think about this, this is stunning, because, once again, I want to remind us, this is the great Apostle Paul. And here's what I mean. Many people would say that he is the greatest Christian that walked the face of the earth outside of Jesus Christ. Yet, he is describing feelings in his life where he's the point where he's ready to quit, to give up. It's too much for him. Now, if a great man of God can say it's too much for me, how about you and I? Because we experience those times in our lives as well. And here's the problem. We, as believers in Jesus Christ... We've been taught, or maybe we've convinced ourselves, that there's some sort of a phantom Christian out there someplace that can smile through everything. That no matter what happens, if we're not smiling through everything, there's something wrong with me as a Christian. I'm failing. Well, that's not what Paul was saying. There was no greater Christian than he was, and yet he was saying, Listen, I want you all to know. I want you to know that I'm putting it out on the table. I'm struggling here. I'm hurting here. I'm crushed here. You see, there's a lesson in it for you and me. We can't be make-believe Christians. We've got to be sincere Christians, real Christians, and say, there are times in my life where I've got to be transparent with people because I need people. I need people to know that I'm struggling. I'm hurting in this situation. Years ago, there was a difficult time in, in, in my life, in, in uh, my family's life. I'd come back to church, and uh, I was complaining and grumbling about it. And uh, I got to complain and grumble to a very, very, very dear, wonderful person by the name of Marge Johnson. Bob's her husband. And, and um, as I was complaining and grumbling, she kind of laughed and said, you know, We've been through, her, she and Bob and the family have been through a very, very, very trying and difficult time. They had a daughter-in-law that they loved with all of their heart, and she had cancer. And the church prayed for her, the church fasted for her, the church pleaded before God that she would be healed of that cancer. And she wasn't healed. She, she went home to be with the Lord. And Marge said, you know, and through all of that, I was really, really angry at God. And I said, why would God let this happen? Why would God do this? But she said, I found comfort, and this is how she comforted me in in what I was going through. I found comfort because I knew God was big enough to handle my anger. I knew God was big enough to handle my my disappointment with him. Because what she was saying is, despite all of that, I knew God was with me. I knew God was in control. You see, when you're going through the heartache of life, you're going through the crisis of life, it's not easy to see God that is in control. But he is. He cares for us. And when we hit that wall, we can be assured that he's with us. He has not abandoned us. Because through all of that, you know what he's doing? He's doing something wonderful and remarkable in our lives. He's building a foundation for our lives. So the second thing that I want you to write down, if you would, please, is that, that God is our foundation. As you write that down, listen to uh, this passage from Hebrews, a wonderful passage from Hebrews. 
It says, uh, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain. And you can just imagine that when you're going through the crisis of life, that the storms are, are overwhelming you, and it feels like you're going to be blown out to sea. But what the scripture says, whether you realize it or not, you've got an anchor for your soul, and it's Jesus Christ. And he's got everything securely in, your, in his hands. And what he wants you and me to do is to begin to slowly but surely, in the different crisis of life, to allow him to be the foundation for our life. And man, we see it in this passage. Let me read to you again what Paul says in verse 9. In verse, the first part of verse 9, he says, we expected to die. The second part of verse 9, he says, but as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely on God. Think about that for a moment. He was crushed. He was overwhelmed. The voices in his head would say, forget it, give up. God's abandoned you. He doesn't care anything about you. Just quit. But he said, I learned what it is to stop relying on myself and begin relying on God. He was over here in the crisis, in the storm, overwhelmed, feeling the feelings that he was feeling. But then he began to say, I learned something right here to stop relying on myself and begin to come over here and rely on God. Now, what I want you to notice is that the circumstances that he was going through didn't change. But he changed. He began to recognize and realize that Christ, I'm overwhelmed because I'm relying on myself. And there was a learning curve there. Little by little, he began to say, I've got to stop relying on myself and start trusting in God more and more. You see, if you're overwhelmed today, chances are you're relying on your own wits, your own ability, your own way to figure this out, your own way to get yourself through this. When God is saying, listen, I love you, I care for you, I'm with you, would you please trust me? Would you please take whatever it is that's keeping you up at night and lay it at my feet? Start relying on me. Watch what happens. He goes on to say, to rely on God, listen to this, who raises the dead. Hey, take a pencil, would you, and circle that? Who raises the dead. Now, when I read that, the first few times I read that, I thought, wait a second, what on earth is going on? Where did that come from? And what has that got to do with, with, with this man going through a crisis? God raises the dead. Well, for Paul, it was profound. What, what, what made him change, his circumstances didn't change, but he changed, what caused him to begin to rely more and more on God was truth, truth in his life, truth of the word of God. And what it was reminding him of was the great father of faith, the father Abraham. And if you're familiar with that story, in Romans chapter 4, verse 17, Paul reminds the Romans of, of that story. Uh, Abraham was called upon by God. The, the, the thing that he treasured the most in all of his life, the thing that he had been waiting for all his life, with this, this wonderful son would be born into his life. And God said, now take your son, your only son, up on Mount Moriah and sacrifice him to me. The writer of Hebrews said that he did that. He, he went on the journey, he brought his son to Mount Moriah, and you're thinking, don't do this! But the, Hebrew, the writer of Hebrews said he knew in his heart that God would raise the dead. He knew in his heart that if he gave the most precious thing that he had to God, that God would give it back to him, but in, in a more profound and wonderful way. Whatever it is that, that's got you broken up today, God's saying, please give it to me. 
Give it to me. Let me give a practical example of what you and I do and why raising the dead is so important. We say, I can't pay my rent, I can't pay my mortgage because I don't have any money. Now, if I don't pay my rent, I don't pay my mortgage, I'm going to be kicked out of my apartment or I'm going to be kicked out of my house. If, I, if I'm kicked out of my house, I'm going to be out on the streets. And if I'm out on the streets, I won't have any money to buy food. And if I don't have any food to eat, I'm going to die. Now, does that sound familiar? I mean, the basis of all our worries and fear comes down to the fact that if I take a logical extension of whatever I'm going through, somehow, some way, I'm going to die. And if I'm going to die, that's what I'm going to worry about. But Paul said, wait a second. I'm going through this crisis. I'm crushed. I'm overwhelmed. I want to give up. I want to quit. But I'm going to start relying on the God who raises the dead. The worst thing that can happen to us is to die. But Paul says, if I die, absent with the body, present with the Lord. But I don't believe I'm going to die. I believe God's going to see me through. I believe that God's going to deliver me. So consequently, I'm going to start relying on him more and more. Listen, whatever it is that you're going through, God says, would you please give it to me? Would you please lay it at my feet? And I'm going to give it back to you, but I'm going to give it back to you in a way that's going to bless you. And what Paul says next is vitally important for you and me. Listen to his words. He rescued us from mortal danger, and he will rescue us again. We have placed our confidence in him, and he will continue to rescue us. You see, God did deliver him, and not only did he deliver him, Paul began to put his confidence not in himself to fix his problems, but he put his confidence in God Almighty who raises the dead. Jesus said it beautifully in Matthew chapter 7, didn't he? He who hears my words and puts them into practice is like a wise man that built his house on the rock. The rain fell, the the streams rose, the wind blew against that house, but it did not crash because it was built on the rock. Its foundation was on the rock. But he who hears my words and doesn't put them into action is like the foolish man, built his house on sand. The rains came down, the streams rose, the wind blew against, and it fell with a mighty crash. You see, it was the same rain, same streams, same wind, but two different results. One was built, one had a foundation, the foundation was the rock. You see, the rock for you and me is Jesus Christ. When we feel the elephant on our shoulders, and he's demanding to be carried to the end, we need to be reminded that we need to rely on God. Give it back to God. And he will bless us. He'll see us through. We'll get through it. Now Paul knew that Jesus was the foundation for his life. Paul knew that God was in control. But there's something else in this story that's, that's important for you and, you and me that, God, that Paul knew. Paul knew that he had a family. The third thing I want you to write down is God has given me a family. And as you write that down, I have a wife that I absolutely adore. And I have three children that I envy myself because of these three children. Uh, there are three wonderful children. And now, not only do we have three wonderful children, we've got three in-laws that we cherish with all of our heart. We've got a son-in-law that we love. We've got two beautiful daughter-in-laws that we cherish. 
Now we've got three grandchildren, three granddaughters, and one of them's here today, that we absolutely were crazy over. We have got a family that we just plain and simply cherish. But God has given us another family, and that family is you. One church in two locations. People that we love with all of our hearts, and we know that you love us with all of your heart. That is God's gift to the world. It's called the church in the world. When Paul was going through his deepest, darkest, uh, most profound, painful situation in his life, you know what he thought about? He thought about the Lord, yes, but secondly, he thought about his church family. And he knew that there were people out there in the world that were praying for him day and night that God would see him through. Whatever it is that you're going through, you need to know that you have got a church family that cares for you, loves you, and the most important thing that they're doing is they are praying for you. Listen to Paul's words. Verse 11. And you, church family, you, people of God, are helping us by praying for us. Oh, my word, friends. God's blessing to the world is the church. It's people like you and me. People like you and me who have put our trust and faith in Jesus Christ. We're born again of the Spirit of God. And God has taken us and knit us together that we would know each other, love each other, comfort each other, encourage one another, pray for one another, particularly in times of crisis and pain and suffering, particularly in the times when we are overwhelmed by life overwhelmed by circumstances, particularly in times when we feel crushed and we can't go on. We have hit that wall. We need to know that there are people that are praying for us, love us, care for us. That's what Paul knew. And it brought to him great comfort. You see, in these situations, we know that Paul was thinking, and he was thinking back to when the world was created. And when the world was created, it was perfect love. God perfectly loved Adam and Eve, and they perfectly loved him. They were grateful for God for his, the, the beautiful creation that he had given. They were rejoicing in it. But in their sin and rebellion, sin and death came into the world. And because of their decision, you and I are suffering because of that. You and I are lonely at times, broken at times, hurting at times. But Paul was also thinking of what God is doing to recreate this broken world. And it's the church, God's people. And when God's people pray for one another, it brings joy to God's heart. Have you joined the church? Are you part of a small group? Are you getting to know the people around you? They need you. You need them. Listen to what Paul says in the rest of the verse. The many people will give thanks because God has graciously graciously answered so many prayers for our safety. The many people, they were anxious to see that God would, would bring Paul through it. Whatever you're going through, people around you that care for you, love you, and are praying for you, they're anxious for God to deliver you. They're anxious for God to see you through whatever it is that, that you're going through. They care about you. But it doesn't stop there. You see, God wants the world to see that the church is different. That when you and I go through the trials and the struggles of life, we, we are convinced that God is in control. We're convinced that Jesus is the foundation and that because we have a church family, the world can see that there are people that care for us, love us, praying for us. They're walking with us through the valley of the shadow of death. The blessing God gives to us is the church 
brothers and sisters in Christ, particularly in times of crisis. Well, we're beginning this study together, and as I mentioned earlier this morning, that it's a spiritual journey. You see, the, the, the difficulties that we go through when we can't pay the rent or we can't, or, or, or the, the challenges of life, we see that on the physical realm, but what's happening is really in the spiritual realm. So this study that we're going to do together is to help us get in touch with the spiritual realm, to get in touch with the presence and the power of God. And through the story of Joseph, we will be comforted, we will be encouraged, and we will be inspired. And knowing that when we hit the wall, we're not hitting the wall alone. God is with us. And our brothers and sisters in Christ, our family, our church family is with us. Years ago, uh, we went through, we've gone through many, many very trying times. But uh, I remember when our uh, son Mike was born, he was the third uh, child that, that uh, was born into our family. Uh, I got fired from my job. Just lost my job. And there was no way to pay the mortgage, no way to pay the health insurance, and there was no way to pay the bills. And uh, we were hitting the wall. Uh, I was up all night and, and, and completely worried about it, um, trying, to get to, trying to keep things, hold things together with a little art business I had, a little picture framing business, but it was a challenge. And uh, I was praying. I just started coming back. We started coming back to church, and I was just thinking, God, where are you? You know, I'm trying to do this faith thing, trying to do this Christian thing, but it's just not working for me. It might be working for other people, but it's just not working for me. Where are you, God, in all that we're going through? So I was in my little studio one day, and a car pulled up, and uh, uh, it was my father. He got out of the car, he came into the studio, and my my dad and I had uh, many times where we were strained, our relationship was strained, and uh, he walked right up to me and he handed me a card, And he said, little birdie told me that you're going through some difficult times, and your mother and I just wanted you to have this. Well, I opened it up, opened the card, and in the card was enough money not only to take care of the mortgage that month, but uh, left enough money for us to buy a few groceries, so on and so forth. And I had nothing uh, else to do but to, to break down in tears and give my father a big hug. And in all that and through that, I began to realize more and more that despite the fact that I was hitting the wall, God was in control. He was with me. He was there. I didn't see it, didn't understand it, didn't expect it. And what it taught me was that I could begin to rely on him and allow Jesus to be the foundation for, for my life more and more. But at the same time, I began to realize that not only do I have a family, an immediate family that loves and cared for us, I also had a church family that was praying for us. Whatever it is that you're going through, and you may feel like you're hitting the wall, you may feel like the elephant jumped out of the tree, and you landed on your shoulders, and he's demanding that you go carry him across the finish line. The encouragement that God wants you to hear today is, he's with you, he loves you, and he's going to get you through it. Let's pray. Father, we praise you and we thank you that you love us, you care for us. And though we feel like we've hit the wall, and we confess, Lord, at times we feel like you've abandoned us, and the situation seems hopeless, and like the Apostle Paul, we feel crushed. And there's a voice in our head that says, forget it, God doesn't care for you. Give up, just quit. We thank you, Lord, that that that's not true. You're with us. And Lord, I pray 
as these next few weeks unfold, I pray for the small groups that are going to gather in homes and some folks will be coming here to the church. I pray for those that maybe have not connected with a small group yet. I want to encourage you to please do that. We need you. You've got experiences that you've been through that we need to hear about. And you may be going through something right now that you need that prayer. You need that church family saying, you know, we care for you. We love you. We're going to do whatever we can to see you through this. Don't give up. Don't quit. So God, this is an important study. I I feel it deep down in my soul. There's so many amongst us that are struggling right now and they feel like they're they're hitting the wall. So God, I, I just pray. I pray for these next few weeks that we're going we're gonna to receive from you all that you have for us. We're going to be encouraged. We're going to be built up. We're going to be strengthened. We're going to be blessed. So thank you, God. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you will do. And we pray for this and we thank you in Jesus' powerful, wonderful name. Amen and amen. Would you stand with us? And we're going to sing appropriately, appropriately enough. All the people said, Amen.